Welcome to the podcast, Perspective of the Mind, or how to get unstuck when you feel stuck. Perspective of the Mind, how to get unstuck when you feel stuck. Host, Jana Dimitrova. Everything provided on this podcast is solely for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes. The information provided shall not be considered diagnostic, treatment of mental health conditions, therapy, or anything similar, and under any circumstances shall not replace medical or mental health treatment. The opinions of the host or guests are solely the views of the individuals and can be changed at any time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of the podcast Perspective of the Mind or How to Get Unstuck When You Feel Stuck. My next guest is an anxiety patient and an anxiety doctor. What I really love about him is the fact that his expertise in anxiety comes from so many different places. On one side, he has a degree in medicine, in neuroscience, in development psychology, and he personally suffered from anxiety for so long. And after pursuing the conventional methods for healing of anxiety with very little success, he decided to take the things in his own hands. On the other side, he is a certified yoga teacher and meditator, and he was a professional stand-up comedian. That's not a joke. So it's not only about science, guys, but also about spirituality and his personal journey of healing anxiety. It is such a great pleasure for me to introduce to you the founder of the revolutionary approach for healing of anxiety, Dr. Russell Kennedy. Dr. Kennedy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be able to talk with you. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm so glad that the next minutes I will spend with you. And I'm so glad that you also agree to share your knowledge with my audience. Thank you, thank you once again. Uh, this episode is going to be very special to me because as you already know, I personally, I also have suffered from anxiety for a lot of time. Yeah, it's such a popular topic nowadays, right? So it's, yeah. it's a very, very special episode for me. And um, let's just help people with our knowledge, with, uh, with sharing our journeys. Let's dive into that. My sure. first question will be, what is, what's the difference between fear and anxiety? How okay. can someone distinguish fear from anxiety? Okay, so fear is something that happens right now. So if I walk outside of my house and I am trampled by a herd of elephants and they're coming at me, that's fear because that's happening right now. Now, if last night I'm in my bed worried that I'm going to walk out the door and get trampled by elephants, that's anxiety. So fear is happening right now. Anxiety, the thing about anxiety is you can tell yourself, can I wait? Can I wait? If you can wait 10 seconds, it's anxiety. It's not fear. And probably a lot of people are asking themselves why I started exactly with this question. And there is a reason for that. I so much believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that fear is kind of our natural state of being. So if somebody, let's say, point a gun to me, 
right? Of course, I'll get fearful right now. My body will react, my mind, my body will react, right? Sure. While I believe that anxiety, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that anxiety is not our natural state of being. Anxiety is like living in the future while projecting our past problems and traumas into the future, really trusting them. Yeah. And I believe that's important for us to distinguish because if we know that we're in an anxiety state, then we can come back to the now moment where I believe it's the only moment where peace exists, right? And Yeah, and it's the only moment we can change things too. You can't heal yourself if you're stuck in the past trauma or the future projections of worry. So fear, you know, when you say is fear our natural state, I think that we definitely have a fear bias in our brains and that comes from evolution. If we weren't afraid, we, we wouldn't yeah, exactly. be able to pass our genes along. So there is that nature. It's almost like a philosophical question though, is like fear our, our nature or is love our nature? I mean, really it's a combination of both really. And most likely it's a combination of both. I would yeah, say. sure. I would say depending on what your situation is and what your and what your history was, how your childhood was. If you grew up in a in a country that was full of trauma, you know, chances are you're going to lean more towards the fear side. You know, and if you grew up with a a healthy attached parent or family system in a country that didn't have a lot of trauma, you're probably more going to lean more toward the love side. But fear and love are are both pretty big parts of us. Exactly. And before we talk about the exact steps that somebody can take in order to come to the now moment where the peace exists, I read in your book, by the way, for those, those of the listeners who haven't read the book, that's the book, Anxiety Rx. I really recommend it, that you say that anxiety is not a disease, is not a weakness, and it's not a feeling. And I so mm-hmm. much believe that it's like a breakthrough in the psychology area if it's not a feeling then what is it anxiety is really anxious thoughts so this is the example that i give to people i say if say i have two 15 year olds in my medical practice that day uh, a boy and a girl and i go in and i tell the girl you might be pregnant well her cortisol will go up her adrenaline will go up she'll get probably quite frightened and she believed that thought Now, if I go in and I say to the boy, hey, John, you might be pregnant, he's just going to laugh. So anxiety in and of itself is just the anxious thoughts. And And they don't hurt. What hurts is when we believe the thought and it goes into our body and we start creating all sorts of you know, fear mechanism in the body, adrenaline, uh, heart beating faster, blood pressure going up. So anxiety to me is just anxious thoughts. It's not painful. What is painful is this alarm that's in our body that came typically from childhood, typically from threat. The alarm in our body is what we feel. So I make a distinction between the alarm in the body, which is basically old, the remnant of old trauma, and the anxiety of the mind. Because the anxiety of the mind, we don't have to believe these thoughts, but when the body gets involved and the body believes it, that's when that's when it starts to become really painful. Uh, how can we find this alarm in the body? Is yeah, it it's great, one of the same great question. place for everybody or it's different? In different it's different. Ways? Yeah, it's different. I think it's it's what I do with people is I take them into, I say, what do you worry about? Some people say, I worry about my health. 
It's like, okay, well, let's go into your health. Let's, what are you worried about? I'm worried I have cancer. Okay, well, let's pretend right now that the doctor is telling you you have cancer. Where do you feel that in your body? And people will say, well, I feel it up in my throat. It's a pressure or a pain and, and uh, it feels constricted and, or I feel it in my chest and it feels like a burning. It feels like a burning pressure. It's finding that alarm sensation in your body that's really important because we can use that alarm sensation to kind of track back into the kind of the deeper parts of your brain where it started. And then we can actually work on changing those deeper parts of your brain because most anxiety is really the state of alarm that's in our body and the deeper parts of our brain. And we don't get to it just by talking about it. So that's why I wrote the book. It's, it's like we have to get into this alarm sensation in our body and when we do that, we're actually getting at the root cause of the problem in the first place, rather than just trying to fix our thoughts and, and treat our mind. Because the analogy that I draw is kind of like being in a rowboat and there's a hole in the boat and it's filling up with water. We can bail water out of that. And the, the, the water coming up is kind of like the anxiety. We can bail water out, which is kind of like thinking about it. But unless we go under and go deep and, and patch that hole in the bottom of the boat, which is the alarm that's stored in our body, typically from old childhood pain that wasn't resolved, then we fix it at its source. Otherwise, we're just going to be bailing water for the rest of our lives. Exactly. And as a person who has been suffering from anxiety, as I mentioned, it was such a pivoting moment for me, realizing that basically the anxiety, the biggest part of it is just the bad energy that is stored in, in our bodies. Because we can go to talk therapy a lot, right? And yeah. talk, I, I'm not saying it's bad. Talk no. therapy help, helps to some extent. It has its place. It, it has its yes, place exactly. Sure. It helps us to like to gain consciousness, to connect the dots in life, let's say, or to see clearly in the dust. But I realized that the pain was still there. And that's why, that's why I'm so grateful that you came up with this absolutely, in my opinion, revolutionary yeah. approach for um, addressing the body and healing the body, the energy that is inside the body. And you yeah. said that for everybody is different. Where is your um, alarm, Dr. For Ray? me, it's, it's in my solar plexus where my ribs meet in the front. You know, So for me, it's about the size of a fist. It's hot, sharp. It feels like pointy. Uh, it radiates up into my heart. It pushes into my back. That's that's where my alarm is for me. Now, some people have different alarms. You know, I, I have a um, a patient that I deal with that had a very narcissistic and demanding mother, and she feels one of her alarms in her throat because she could never really tell her mother how she felt. And then she has this other thing with, that they didn't have enough food when they were younger. So she has this other alarm in her belly when she thinks of not having enough to eat. So some people have it in one place. Some people, it all seems to, to conglomerate in one place like me. And other people, it'll be in a, in a number of different places in their body too. Some people will also say, I feel the alarm all over. And usually those people, after I talk to them for a while and we sort of go into the the sort of nuts and bolts of, of what their trauma is, it'll usually find out like it localizes in one or maybe two places. But I, I, about half the people will have it in just one place and about the other half will have it